Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It's Monday, it's 8pm. It is the Online Darts Live Lounge with me, Phil Biles, Jack Gobby Garwood and Lee Boyce. And we are going to tickle your tongues and taste buds for the next two hours. Probably, maybe a little bit more. There's a little bit to cover. It's been busy, busy times. But gentlemen, good evening. How are we? Hello, darling. All good, thank you very much. How are we, boys? <laughs> yeah, all good, all good. Yeah. Not too bad, not too bad. A little bit tired, a little bit fueled on caffeine, but it is what we do on a Monday. Um, welcome along, everyone. Come and say hi in the chat room. Um, come and say hello. Best chat room in Dart Bar None. You lot absolutely smash it every week for us, so we'll be keeping you up to date with everything. Make sure you drop us a like and a subscribe because we are almost at the 15K mark. So it would be great to get us there. Um, as we are speaking, Damon Hatter has just produced an absolute fabulous performance to whitewash Kaifan Young, 102, almost 103 average from the heat. But boys, we'll jump into this more as it happens. But there's a lot of tired performances from players that have dashed from continental Europe to get to Barnsley, boys. You say that, but there's three results through in the top 16, and all three of them have smashed the ton barrier. Mervyn King, 101 against Darius. Damon Hatter, 102, nearly 103 against Kai Fang Lung. And Chris Dobie just averaged 104.33 and been bashed 5-1. <laughs> absolute scenes in Barnsley Metrodome. Carnage. Absolute um, carnage. Um, but, boys... The weekend was full of madness. Spoiler alert. Who saw that one coming? We'll, we'll, we'll touch on it more as, 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 we, as we go through. But <laughs> yes, where did, um, where did Vultage pull that from, boys? <laughs> Man just loves the European Championship. <laughs> Denmark, they just uh, love the Euros, don't they? Yeah. Um. Yeah, look, we'll, 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 we'll come on. It's not a spoiler alert. Congratulations to Rob. Plenty to talk about. Um, some WDF stuff to talk about, good and bad. Um, there was some reminiscence of old, shall we say, <laughs> new organisation. Same. Um, 
<laughs> Shite. Anyway, um, but we'll, we'll come on to that. Um, the Dave, PL just wear it for me. Was you feeling? What's that, mate? I said you was about to swear at four minutes past eight. Not even at the watershed yet. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, <laughs> let, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that after nine. Then we can say what we really feel. <laughs> Although Corinne and Cameron Menzies didn't didn't hold back, um, did they, um, on social media? But we'll start, that, that's another, another matter altogether. <laughs> Um, Cameron Menzies have an opinion, never. Well, you know, um, if anyone is in the chat room that went to Bridlington, let us know. Was it as bad as what it was made out on social media? Because three redraws is, um, that's good going. If... No, but there is a little bit of from what I understand, a little bit of justification for it, in that it was the software's fault, not the organiser's fault. From what I understand. I'm not having that, right? The I know seeds... you should be testing that before you get there, and making sure everything's set up right. properly. Yeah. But it's, this, not, this is my it's point. not fake names redrawing into the fact you've no, missed no, the I'm, I'm not saying it's the fake being names. put in the correct bracket for the draw. So, However, you know your seeds and test your software it's just schoolboy look we panned mad a few weeks ago for their cock up with streaming not streaming and this is on par with it doing lots of good yeah, things definitely. but it's a massive own goal yeah john says but, even paul and jacqueline was angry and that's saying something yeah well people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones mate because i'm, I'm not going <laughs> Yeah, that's the only person I'm literally not allowed criticism of this to happen for or from. Like, not to anybody else, go on, you can have a pop and we, we can have a general conversation about it. The minute one of those two open their mouth about it, when they've done exactly the same thing 18 months before, no time for that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, we've got plenty of clips lined up as well from uh, Salzburg. But boys, I suppose we better jump straight in and head straight to Austria as it was finally a ranking TV tournament. I almost dropped the M-word in at nearly 10 past eight. That, 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 that had to set the cat amongst the pigeons. Oh, don't start um, that already. <laughs> um, but we're going to go straight to Austria. Thursday night, boys, seems a long, long time ago, doesn't it? when this eight-game blitz was on ITV. Um, first up, Willie Borland played very, very well, boys. And that result yeah. probably keeps him his tour card. Yeah, very good win. What a way to uh, open it up. Started a bit slow, but certainly came into his own. And, uh, yeah, as you've said, the... The win and the opportunities that we spoke about last week for some people in the European Championship, so if there'd have been more tours, uh, potentially wouldn't have been here. But he took full advantage of it, and it was a very, very impressive win against the Wizard. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, if I had Jala said, finally a ranking tournament on TV. 
Um, the previous one was the week before. Yeah, this is a proper one, isn't it? This is a this is a this is a proper one with massive prize money on offer. I've got the, the, the double in one. Yeah, but the, 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 the double in <laughs> one, it's a leveler. If you ask all the players privately, they hate it. They say they say yeah, oh, it's great it's... and whatever. If you ask any of them it... privately, not one of them has a good thing to say about it. It's, it's a leveler early on. Yeah, it's a level early on, uh, the first round maybe, but the latter stages, look at who's playing in the finals, definitely not, um, certainly opens up a bit more later on. When when you when yeah, we have well, to truly define majors and we ignore Sky's wannabe triple crown and the players' champs and the Euros, potentially, the Grand Prix makes it for me. Yeah, I'm not, not convinced. But um, anyway, there, Kim Ibrex, your boy gob. Didn't really turn yeah, up, did he? Brendan Dolan bashed him up without playing well. Yeah, yeah, thanks. One of, one of four down. The rest of them didn't last very long either. My predictions last week <laughs> sucked. Um, yeah, and then Rob Cross against Keane Barry wasn't pretty. And if going off this, we wouldn't have... Don't, don't think we'd have called it at the start. And certainly after this, Boise, we wouldn't have been calling... Um, Rob no, Cross, that's for was, sure. Uh, yeah, I think to work out, 24, 25 misstarts between the pair. Cross mission about 14 of those. Yeah. Um, it, was, it certainly wasn't a classic, but um, and it wasn't then hotly tipped down into the rest of the weekend following on from this performance. We was unsure what we was going to see from Cross, I think, after what we saw at the Grand Prix, beating Rice, then getting knocked out. Um, it, we was unsure what we was going to see, but this certainly didn't ease any concerns about what Rob Cross was going to come into the weekend. It wasn't a good start, even though we, uh, we stumbled through to the second round. Um, just just to clarify in the chat room, there's a lot of lot of ones dropping in the M word all over the place. Oh, we you use Barry's slogan. You... The, um, the, the, the boss says there's no such thing as a major. They're all televised tournaments. That's the yeah, that's, just that's the line. <laughs> um, then Luke Humphreys, Callum Ridge. This was a strange game, boys, because neither of them wanted to hold their throw at one point. It was just break, 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 and you could see them playing well on the other guy's throw, and they were frustrated with themselves. Yeah, a couple of they're not the only ones to struggle to open at night either, but you could visibly see the frustration sinking in more on these two than you could. A lot of the others, they're both more than capable of what we saw on the night. And I think that's the thing that gets them. Players with a little bit more experience tend to just accept if it's not their night or try and work on a little things. But these two just want it so badly because they're so early in their career that they just want everything to, to click and it just didn't quite happen for them on the night. Yeah, definitely. Then this one, I'm still not quite sure how Jose D'Souza won this game, Boise. Um, Louis Williams pressed the self-destruct button. Was it six starts to go three-one up? Yeah, yeah. Um, and was in complete control. There was part of it that will please him on his debut, Lou Williams. But there's also another part of that game where there was a huge opportunity uh, to beat Jose. Like it says, there's a, 
Don't want to be too negative. It's his first time on TV. We've seen how impressive he's been on the Pro Tour. We've seen what he can do. Um, different sort of nerves down onto stage, but there was opportunities there. And I think there was just that one break to throw uh, that Jose did. But like I, said, I don't want to be too twisted with it being his debut on there, but he's going to see that as a missed opportunity um, because Jose wasn't playing as we know that Jose can. Um, we've probably seen the Jose that we've seen there for a, a couple of months in regards to his form. Um, so, yeah, a missed opportunity there by Lou Williams. Yeah, um, definitely. And then Peter Wright has lost first round in two TV tournaments on the bounce. And we're not past the watershed yet, so I can't tell you what Gob said in our WhatsApp chat when we saw the first leg and what he was throwing but they were close to B-52 bombers, mate. Oh, yeah. Let's come back to this one at nine o'clock. What on earth is the man playing at? Come on. <laughs> it just yeah, doesn't work. Well, we can't, we every also time tell you what Dobson's has gone up on stage with him that he's then turned to. It's been the elements, and they were the ones that he turned to for a leg, and then realised it was such a big difference between what he started with and that that he just had to stick with what it was and try and battle it out. What are you doing, man? Oh, I'm but Boise, forget the darts a minute. He didn't look himself on stage, though, did he? No, he, he seemed uncomfortable from the start. Um, the, the general persona when he walks onto a stage normally is a bit more there. Obviously, there's not his own walk on some, but just just how we we done to the stage, he didn't seem comfortable from the start. Obviously, then you look at the darts that he's using, he never seemed comfortable with them. The surprise for me was the change. Not that he changed midway through then, because we've seen it before, but he actually waited as long as what he waited. Because then to that point, he's left it way too London. He couldn't then continue with the ones he changed to. Um, full credit to Hempel. But, yeah, it, it, didn't, seem, it didn't seem like the, the Peter Wright we expect to see in regards to the persona. Yeah. And then Mentor Sulevich, the big Austrian, is back in his own words. We had double headbutts. We had celebrations as he swept Adam Sun. Adam Hunt, a side boy, see, and how good is it to see Mentor Sulevich smiling again? Yeah, it's just good to see him back up there and enjoying, enjoying the darts, celebrations are there. The, we wasn't sure when he come back at the World Cup, what sort of mentor we're going to see. We had conversations only a couple of weeks ago about how long we'll see Mentor on the tour for, but how he's, how he's coming across there in interviews and how he's playing the game, how he looks like he's enjoying the game. He's, He's not in a rush to go anywhere else. Seems like he's here to stay, but uh, very good to see him this weekend perform as he did. And um, what a way to start with a convincing winner than Stunt. And then, God, man of the weekend. Look, forget everything else. The, the courage, the balls, just to go. Joe Cullen, a 6-0 whitewash of Ted Everts in the opening round. Yeah, look, solid opening from Joe. He said it in his interview afterwards that he struggled a bit at the Grand Prix, got found out because he, he hadn't really practised. Um, 
and the, the double format caught him out, but he, he could ease into the game. His, his scoring power has always been the best part of his game, and once that started going this weekend, he, he made the most of it. Yeah, definitely. We've got a couple of clips to play from this night. We've got two mini clips from Joe Cullen and one from Florian Hempel. I think we've got them around the right way. This is the longer Joe Cullen one before, in the last one, tongue-in-cheek, couldn't resist having a pop at his mate, Johnny Clayton. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 you like to swear? No. Oh. Um, well, I, I couldn't care less about darts at the minute. Um, I, I've come here and, like I say, if, if I'd have lost tonight, if I'd have lost 6 0, normally I would have took that really bad. But if I'd have lost 6 0, I just thought, well, I'm going home in the morning, so there's no problem about it. So, as, as you say, I think you, you do get that element of freedom like with, with having that attitude. So, um, like I say, with, with things that have gone on, um, I, 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 think, I think it's subconsciously probably beneficial to me. Because, like I said, I'm not, I don't care about what happens. That's a dangerous rock star, isn't it? Well, we'll see, won't we? I, I, to be honest, I didn't expect to win 6 0. I've not practiced for probably three months, three and a half months. So, um, I, think that, I think that's a little bit why I got found out a little bit last week at the Grand Prix. Um, I think with the, with the no practice thing, I think with the score, and everyone sort of picks the score up as they go along, but to start on a double, where you've not practiced, is that, that's where the, pra- the no practicing shows up on the doubles. But to start on a double and finish on a double is brutal when you've, you know, you're not prepared properly. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think tonight a straight start it suited me well. Did you drop Johnny a message after he won tonight to have a great little friendship and rivalry going on? Yeah, but uh, I can't, to be honest, I can't take him seriously. Number seven in the world is not in the European Championship, so. <laughs> I can't take him seriously. He can win whatever he wants, but you know what I mean. He's, where is he now? He's sat at home. He's, he's got to be up at seven in the morning to go plaster. So I can't, I can't take the man seriously. No. So pleasure's always there. Cheers, cheers. Oh, some some great bants from from Joe at, at the end there, and you could just see that that, that where he was, Gob. It was just like, look, it is what it is, and I know obviously it then leaked out that sadly his mum passed away recently and just look kudos for him to just even be in there yeah look just just for him to even travel and, and be up on that stage is ridiculous um I'm not sure i would have been um but the performance like i said though the fact that he was there with out a care in the world genuinely made him dangerous this weekend he just went up through that even later on in the tournament when it doesn't quite go his way like just the mentality he had in the, I think it was the Rob Cross game, we'll probably talk about it in a bit, but it didn't go his way. He gets a leg on the board and starts giving it the cheer and everything. He's so relaxed, doesn't care. It was enjoyable to watch him play darts this weekend. Yeah, completely. Um, we've got a shootout for a spot in the World Series finals. It's 4 all between Luke Woodhouse and Kim Hybrex. We'll come back to that. In a second, Nile is in the chat room as well. Hope you are well, mate. The winner of that plays Amy Lewis. Oh, is it? So I'm looking at the wrong bit. Yeah. And it's Kim Hybrex plays Amy Lewis. So I'm looking at it. I looked looked at the T8 bit because it was the Merv for King. I forgot they don't separate it. Yeah. When they're playing like they do at the bottom bit. King versus Um, Hatter is a straight shooter. Uh, Ryan Joyce will take on Mike Kyvenhoven. 
Uh, A.D. Lewis will play Kim Hybrex, and Brendan Dolan will play the winner of Zonneveld versus Mickey Mantle. And we've got a little clip from Florian Hempel after beating the world number two. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's so many self-confidence. Um, yeah, he, he's number two in the world, and uh, the rest of the year, my, my, my target is to go into the world championship. And, um, yeah, I think this game uh, could happen. Very accomplished player as well is Florian Boys. Looking forward to see how he develops over the next year or so, because there's a talent there. Oh, I got so much time for the man, apart from the fact he knocked out my winner for the weekend. But I think he's mint. I have done since we saw him at Q School. He's another player that's played a different sport, so he's clear at a very high level as well. So he's clearly got the the mentality that top level sportsmen need, and he is only going to keep getting better. If anything, the fact he's coming from Europe oh, is he having a better debut year than Gerwin Price? Maybe. Not be far off. Well, maybe. That not be far off. So I guess he's got a team and he's beaten the PPP, so. Um, just a couple of people about the messages that Colin got on Instagram. Yeah, look, completely, absolutely out of order. Um, and look, Joe let rip on his Instagram and had every right to. Yeah. Moving on, Great. night number two. This game went first for a reason. It wasn't a classic, but Adam Gowlas, 6-4 over Joe Mernon. And there was one point in this, boys, where Joe Mernon hit a one six seven, and I've still got no idea where he pulled it from because up until then, it was a bag of spanners. Yeah. You'll tell me really fear about it. Oh, it was an orphan. It was horrendous. Yeah, I uh, we, it's quite a bit like looking at for me when we've had um, like YouTubers and stuff perform on the stage before uh, the event started. I've seen this as the warm up to seven matches on night two. Uh, I don't know if I'm across too harsh, but it was one I wasn't looking forward to at all. Uh, and it didn't <laughs> disappoint in that sense, it was that bad, <laughs> it wasn't a great match, was it? Let's be honest, but it, it done the job. Um, I'm, I didn't know where Mernon Mernon could have probably played most of the rest of the field and one of that four leads against the rest. Uh, there's an opportunity there. And Alan Dolas done through it. But yeah, it wasn't a great watch. Danny Noppet's marvellous form continued. He beat the Polish Eagles 6-2. But God, this was just a good game from both. Yes, Wojciechowski wasn't his brilliant best, but he wasn't poor. But Noppet's doubling, again, unreal. Yeah, he was solid, and look, that was that was prediction number two out the window. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's just playing at a different level right now. He's, he's so, so solid. The action just doesn't break down, but he's just got that belief and confidence when he's up on stage now that just makes him so much more difficult to beat than he was when he first came over to the PDC. Keep saying the same line that, 18 months ago, me, you and Jara sat here saying that the non-seed or the player you want to play in the first round was Danny Nopper. He kept sneaking through some of them first rounds, just, just built his game up, and I don't think he's too far off the level that saw him reach the BDO World Final. I'm not saying he's about to replicate that in the PDC this year, 
but he's not too far off that very top level he's producing over there. And now he's settled. I still think he's got another gear as well. Yeah, no, I agree. We've got a nice little clip from Danny to play at the end as well. Where to start on this one? James Wade, a 6-5 victor over Adam Smith-Nil. And let's not beat around the bush. Adam Smith-Nil should have beaten James Wade. James Wade dodged a bullet. Look, whether you like Adam Smith-Nil or whether you don't, he can play darts. Let, let, let's have that one, Frank. Take personal opinion out of it. He's got pedigree. You don't win a world master if you cannot play. And he will be tricking himself because he had the machine where he wanted him, Gob, and took his foot off his throat. He did, completely. It's not very often, though, that James Wade is going to be referred to on social media as the saviour of darts because that was one of the most popular wins for the machine, I think, ever. Um, that being said, look, yeah, like I said, Adam Smith never blew this one. He, he was cruising ahead. Wade, he does what Wade does and, and got himself out of trouble. Um but yeah, Smith Neil can play darts. It's just the, the tainted little bit of history that makes him unlikable, unfortunately. As for Wadey, you ought to find something for me. He is struggling right now. Well, he's not, he's not struggling, but he's just dropped off that that top level that he reached about 18, 18 months ago to a year ago when he started adding the 180s to his game and that sort of thing. They seem to have dropped off a bit. He's lost a bit of power scoring. And actually, he doesn't... Feel. I'm not sure if the stats back this up at all, but he doesn't feel as effective on the doubles either right now. He, he seems to have fallen no, out of love a little bit. I agree. And tens. I don't know what I don't know what the stats are, but I agree. It doesn't feel as if he's hitting tops and tens as regularly as what he normally does. And just as an ironic twist, for James Wade to call someone weird in an interview made my day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Aspinall, 6-4 over Merv King. Speaking of Merv King, he is going to Amsterdam. A 4-2 victory over Damon Hetta. So the first King... First five, to five. First five. Oh, I'd give up trying to watch one. Two hours sleep, I'd give up trying to watch five screens. I'll just let you two talk this. I... Yeah, you keep talking about Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, he might be a million miles away. He's, he wants 212 hitters on 243. It's on hitters darts. But Mervyn King is the closest man to being in the World Series yeah. and finals. Um, but yeah, Aspinall, good performance. And this sort of like set the tone for him, Boise, that he got over the line, um, took a couple of big finishes out when it mattered, and he got progressively better in the tournament. Yeah, there was... There was a twist in the game. It's three apiece and there'd been no breaks. And then Aspinall got the break and you thought he was going to push on there. Then Merv threw in the one two six, And then it swung yeah. back Merv's way. And that then shown what Aspinall had about him because he reeled off the net to two, straight back. Uh, after that one two six of Enstein, when he was on a, a finish himself. So it, it did set a tone of that we had the Aspinall... Don't want to say back to where he was before, but there was certainly signs of that in the coming the back end of this day. And when that pressure was on, we saw him step it up. Uh, and overall, it was a very, very good performance, a very, very good win against uh, against Mervyn King, who didn't do a lot wrong. Michael Smith, Ryan Searle, this one and didn't disappoint either. He's now 4-3 up, Mervyn King, Phil. So, Damon Hess is holding on. You might have done the ultimate jinx. 
and said that Mervyn's yeah. on his way. That's his doing the comeback. <laughs> To be fair, that's, that's good. I mean, that's un- unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but um, so and Smith got just a damn good game of darts on a Friday night. Yeah, and it sort of sums up Michael Smith's season right now because again he was in position, again he's played well, and again he hasn't quite got over the line, and he's just been searching for that result all season. Take nothing away from Ryan So he played excellently again. He, he just keeps growing into the sport and, and moving on up, um, only to do something a little bit disappointing as the draw seems to open up for him for the last couple of events. Um, but yeah, Michael Smith is is in that James Wade category right now where he needs a big result to just kickstart and, and push on. Yeah. MBG 6-2 over Boris Kirchmar. And again... The Green Machine, fairly convincing in this one, Boise. Yeah, done firing out the blocks, 11 and a 12 early on. one two eight, I think. Don't remember if that was the first or second leg to they'd started. Um, done absolutely flying out the blocks. Uh, always in control. And to be honest, set the tone then for what then, for me at that point, I expected him to, to push on. Uh, it was always obviously the, the, the one time in the quarterfinals that we was always looking forward to. But he certainly set the tone uh, early on in this one, um, Boris, Boris played okay. Uh, felt a bit sorry for running getting two leads on the board, so I thought Boris done very well. Um, and it's always good to see someone on stage like MVG with the presence, but you've got someone standing over him of Boris, who is a massive, he's huge, oh, he's a <laughs> monster of a he's man. A big old boy. He missed so many last start in hand. Don't get wrong, they were for big checkouts. I've seen it too, Lee. We'll get to that in a second. They were for big, big checkouts. I remember a 160 missed top score. There was another ton plus checkout, I think, the leg before. And if he takes them, it's a completely different game. But MVG does what MV does. And Phil, you're an idiot. Because he is now. <laughs> Damon had a 5 3. That's the correct number of legs required. The big five. Uh, nice 14 dart leg to get over the line in that one. 100 average for Mervyn King. He's the first man to qualify. Then the world number one, Kieran Price, light work of Richie Headhouse. Wasn't Richie's day up on that stage. Not really anything to talk about apart from just Price gets the job done. And then Damon Hetter beating Gabriel Clements. This was a weird game. There was brilliance from both. There was mediocrity from both. It just didn't really flow, boys, did it? The two... Very, very consistent players in my eyes, but I think they're both lacking the absolute top-level game to just go berserk. We've seen it a couple of times on the floor, perhaps, but when you actually get up there on stage, they're just that little bit consistent. They miss a few darts at double. Um, Hess is probably your man if, if you want somebody to, to be that little bit more solid on the finishes. Um, but, yeah. It's, it's a good game of darts. It's, it's one that you could probably watch for a while. They're not the fastest players in the world either, room, but they're not the slowest. They just get on with it, which is nice. But yeah, a result for Hetta, mid-90s average, just, just what you're expecting the PDC, really. And now we've got a clip from Danny Nopper, MBG, and the Asp, I think. Because I haven't really labelled them properly, but we'll play them all. They'll all make sense in the end. But you'll be 
Nathan, um, Noppy and Michael have spoken as they both say here. Yeah, enjoying it a lot. And yeah, finally I, uh, I performed well on stage and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with it. And I'm really confident and looking forward for every match. And I'm enjoying every time uh, over here. I uh, spoke with him uh, today and uh, we are friends. You saw good now, yeah, yeah, it's all sorted. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, all, uh, we are friends and uh, yeah, we, we, we will shake uh, hands together and uh, yeah. And, and, and for sure I want to say um, he, he, was not, he was not cheating or something and yeah. So that was Noppy. And this was Michael the same night. Well, you've spoken since, but at the time, did, did that really hurt? Uh, yeah, of course, at the time, it really hurt. He did call me a cheat because he did it backstage. I asked him backstage, so you say I'm cheating, he said, uh, because you know his English and his Dutch yeah. are not really well. And when he has to speak it, he, he's, yeah, he sounds a bit nervous, but I asked him. And yeah, but fair play to him. He came to me today and he apologized tw uh, twice. And, uh, he said I shouldn't dealt with that in that way, and fair play to him. But that's how you deal with things, and yeah, that only shows you're a great sportsman. At the Grand Prix, we saw glimpses of your genius in that second set. Does that prove yeah. how close you are to clicking? Yeah, but it's it's normally uh, little parts. You also have to finish it off now. And uh, what I said, if you don't finish it off, they're there to take you home. And, you're not allowed to miss in these days, uh, you, you're never allowed to miss, but uh, I'm starting to feel good now and uh, uh, even, even in the Grand Prix match play, I'm, I'm starting to step by step it gets better and uh, yeah, there's still a long way to go, but uh, yeah, I know what I'm capable of. Are we glad they've kissed the maid up, boys? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why would we be? Oh, yeah, everybody's friends again. There's no more for us to report. No, slap each other. I'm joking, yeah. But friendship the good. Let's not be started. Just yeah, uh, fellow, a result, a resulting from um, Barnsley. Zonneveld just beat Mickey Mansell to set up a tie with Brendan Dolan, averaging 107.61. And then to Mickey Mansell's 105.97. Pretty impressive, that. Some of the averages tonight are superb. Yeah. yeah. Five well, of the winners Johnson... in the top 16 all had a ton plus average, as did two of the losers. Um, Joyson, Kyle a free apiece in a decider, and uh, and High Rectus 2 0 up against Adrian Lewis. Some good quotes from the ASP in this one as well. I just need to, to get to a final to, to win something. And I think if I, if I can get, get even a pro tour next week in Barnsley, or hopefully this, if I can win something, I reckon it's going to kickstart my career again. Because it's been a bit of a lull over the last two years, obviously with COVID and that. But I reckon as soon as I get that win, you know, I'll be, be dangerous and no one will want to play me in. You know, that's, what I, that's where I was at two years ago. And I'm not far away from no one wanting to play me again. There we go from the ASP. Then moving on. Saturday afternoon session. Um, this, is the only one, this is the only one we've got, so we'll have to tell you the scores because they didn't do an updated one. 
Slackian boys. But um, Willie Borland and Joe Cullen. With Joe Cullen, 10-5. And again, not really in any danger in this one. Willie played, didn't, didn't play as well as he did first round. Um, Joe, Joe, safely through. Yeah, look, and look, decent experience of Willie. Still young enough in his um, PDC career, but don't play to this level or this race distance very often. A lot of what players coming into um, the PDC and that will play is, is races to six. So when you're nearly doubling the number of legs and, and that sort of thing, it just becomes that little bit more difficult to perform at the level that you need for the entire time. Don't get me wrong, look, the averages weren't great, 87 and 89 between them, but Joe's just got that little bit of experience. He knows he can switch off for a couple of legs and then get back on it and gets over the line. Yeah, and then Rob Cross, Brendan Dolan, Boise. This was one-way one way traffic, 10-4 to Rob Cross. And again, Dolan never really in this game. Yeah, that uh, Cross didn't really do anything special in this. He just he just sort of eased to it with no real pressure in it from Brendan Dolan. Quite disappointing, uh, really, just the performance of Dolan. Obviously, he's, uh, he's forgot about that now. He's down into a decided to play in the World Series, but... Yeah, overall in that game, it was it was quite easy for Rob Cross. No real pressure on him from Brendan Dolan, uh, and ease to victory. As we saw, Jose, as we saw for most of it. Yeah, uh, Jose beating Luke ten eight, but Luke will see this as a missed opportunity. Gob, he missed so many darts at a double, still averaged ninety nine, but it could have been so much better. From Coolham, but Jose made him pay for those misses. They didn't miss that many more. He's only, he had a better double percentage overall. It's just that I, I said Jose punished those misses at the crucial times. Um, first round, Jose was there for the taking. Second round, you could probably say similar, um, especially the way that, that Luke scores on TV at the minute. He's absolutely solid. Um, but yeah, five, the five ton plus finishes, by the way unbelievable it was just literally the minute he got below 100 he had nothing never seen anything yeah. like it and the thing is he wired 170 twice was it 156 he wired double 18 as well it could have been ridiculous yeah just um mad jamie in the chat room hold on to that thought because that chat has been happening in our whatsapp group as well <laughs> yeah, but I'm not having it again tonight. I'll, I'll be off. <laughs> um, right, and, then, and then Danny Noffert run continued um, beating Ryan Searle 10-4. But God, actually, when I put this in the chat, you never replied to this. The scheduling was interesting that they switched one game. Yeah, but I kicked off about this last time and got told it wasn't worth kicking off about because they were such short formats overnight and, and that sort of thing. So I just didn't bother this time. But yeah, <laughs> look, what I just don't get it. I, it's mental, in it? And home, I think it, that was the difference. But yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Schedule it back from the start then in, in the anticipation of him getting there. <laughs> Why? Why? Like, I don't know. TV always wins. Um, yeah, but and then, I'm fed up of TV always winning. I'm going to say the same when we talk about the P word and everybody else that might be in there and everything else. 
they yeah, are the giving up football, far too much power exactly. to the broadcasters. Schedule it better from the start and then stick to it. Yeah, but without the broadcasters, the players aren't playing for this huge amount of money. The PDC got enough back, whatever. There's enough sponsorship floating about now. Look, there's plenty of money about Phil. And there's plenty of ways to find the money. I'm just fed up of this just ridiculous TV throwing their weight around, getting what they want, which goes against everything the PDC was ever built on as a meritocracy and that if you're win this, it's set. It's just nonsense decisions when everything else is set. If it's a complete mix and it's two and two and two and two, then fair enough. When you're moving one specifically and then someone else is missing, like, it's just not, it's just not on. I said to say about the Premier League for years as well, by the way, that the same two or three players get that fourth spot or that third spot when it drops down to uh, the second phase of the Premier League. And, why is it fair that one player will play first one week and fifth the following week and have to change the way they prepare for each game and one or two players can rock up knowing they're playing third or fourth every single week, have the same amount of time to prepare it and just get into a rhythm? It's just not fair. And it never has been. After you, Lee. <laughs> Where was this before <laughs> the weekend, by the way? Because this man has been on absolute fire tonight. I'd back him to make a semi-final when he goes out first round. <laughs> um, right, yeah. moving on. Rant over, Dom. Rant over. King Hardbrick's is through, by the way. He just beat an A.D. Lewis 5-something. Five 5-1. Five what a five one. A.D. Lewis five stuck one. in that same position as Michael Smith. He is not playing bad darts at the minute, but he desperately needs a result. He needs to get onto TV, and he needs to just get that run under his belt. But there's not a lot you can do when someone chucks 105 average at you in the final qualifying game. Another Dutchman as well has qualified. Mike Koivenhoven is going to Amsterdam. The Dutch contingent is looking pretty good. Um, so Nathan Aspinall, 10-6 over Damon Hetter. And the Asp was warming up nicely in this one. Um, Adam Gaulas never, ever troubled the Iceman, after the second leg when he was 2-0 up, went Boise, 2-0 up, and we thought, oh, maybe. No, door slammed. Next. Yeah, it was just... Especially over this format, like it says, because if first to six, maybe you'd looked at it a bit more, but 2-0, and then Price just stepped it up, 3-2 at the break, and then you think, well, there we go. It's only done one way. Probably expected him to get a few more leads on the board at that stage, but then Price just done what Price does and a very very convincing win to set up to set up the tie that we wanted to see um, just a quick one um, Sean God gives his opinion if you don't like it don't watch mate simple as never going to stop people giving opinions yeah, he gives it moan when they're wrong so if you don't like it right, I'm going to tonight and I blame you two for that in fact I blame Jar for that because he's already wound me up <laughs> then MVG does a number on James Wade. And, and again, God, James Wade was never really in this game, was he? Nope. And as I said it earlier, he is another one that just doesn't seem to have the big performance in him right now. I like Phil. I were on about Dob moaning and then you go to Dob when we're talking about James Wade losing 10-4. Just to wind him up that little bit more. <laughs> you know the rules. 
Um, but MVG cruising through. Then, this is where the drama happened, boys. Mensal Sulovic edging Florian Hempel 10-9 in a classic. And look, this was an absolute belter. Yeah, it was... Hempel can take a lot from this weekend. Very, very good weekend overall. We'll be disappointed not to thumb through that game, but so much to come away from this weekend. Um, full credit for Mensor getting over the line. That that dart at tops, that, that that winning dart, I'm not quite sure where he got that in. Considering how his two darts, well, his set and more than anything was like, uh, I thought it, there's an opportunity to miss there and Hempel was going to come in, but very good win by Mensor, but credit must tell Hempel as well for the weekend he's had, and we're going to see a lot more of him. We're going to see an awful lot more of him the uh, after what he'd done against Peter Wright and um, didn't get the credit I don't think he really deserved for that win against Peter Wright because of what we saw from Peter Wright but got an awful lot of credit weirdly for the defeat than he did probably for the win um, but an overall good performance and um, over the weekend from Florian Hempel right got a few clips here I think I've teed up the right ones I think we've got Gezi and Michael where the mind games started I'm playing well and I know sometimes it does take a performance like Johnny pulled out of the bag to beat me and you know you just got to take your hat off to him and just move on and hopefully you know this week I can you know come back from that and win this tournament but every game as it comes like you said I'm playing well and it's going to take performances like Johnny to, to knock me out hopefully and I just need to be on my, my A game every time and put people under pressure. I bet your baddies on A this week. Yeah, I don't want my revenge, I wish he was here but nah. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's a great lad. He's resting up. He's earned enough money, so he doesn't need this one. I don't know if Starks fans, all eyes are on that potential quarter-final with MVG if you both come through tomorrow. See by the little smile on your face there. It's those games that really excite you. Yeah, and to know that like Michael played fantastic today, and I'd rather play Michael in that form rather than, you know, when, when he's not playing well, it brings the best out of me. And, you know, if, if you go and lose to Michael when he's playing brilliant, then fair play to him, same as Johnny last week. But... Yeah, I'd rather play Michael in some good form rather than bad, but you know, he's playing well, I'm playing well, and if, you know, we've got another game in front of us, so don't look too far ahead, but if we get it, it'll be a smashing game, I think. Wrong clip, but get the gist through. And then here we've got... To be fair, I don't... Where we're editing them so quick, I don't lay them up properly. And, um, but he, um, he said along the lines of, I'm in his head for the first time instead of the other way around. And full interview is on the YouTube channel. But then we have Michael's reply. Yeah, he's never been in my head ever. And he's never going to enter my head either. Uh, I've, I've played so many games against him. Uh, I've won probably 80, 90% of him. And uh, the last few, the last time he beat me, he probably shouldn't beat me. And he was nervous there. So, yeah, whatever he says, that's just to make an, make an act. And we all know that. I only need to concentrate on my own game. If I play good, he's not, he's not, gonna, he's not capable of beating me. But I have to show it tomorrow. Simple as that. <laughs> they got the fear factor anyway. If you ask them all, they all say, no, he's not good at form. Because they all want to score very lightly. But if you really look deep inside their heart, they all scared still of me. He knows how to drop a line, that boy, doesn't he? He knows how to give us oh, some views. 
Um, that was them two. And Juanita, how dare you? How very dare you stir the pot? <laughs> Only a bit, Juanita. The man's in Professor Snape potions class constantly. Oh, speaking of which, Heathrow Terminal 5 has a Harry Potter shop. Only you. <laughs> Only you. Is uh, that is that the uh, so, is that the nod of all our predictions in Phil? I've got a new one. The, the, the new Marauders maps. So when they're wrong, I just go mischief manage and they disappear. Oh. Thank God for that. Um, so <laughs> up until the quarterfinals, that is how the draw bracket looked. We had some absolute belting ties to look forward to. Moving on Sunday afternoon, it was the quarterfinals. And boys, this is probably one of the best sessions of darts we've had in a long, long time, I think. From top to bottom, this was very good. Yeah. Yeah. From the start. The games went yeah. close, which is a start. We, we haven't seen a session where everything's gone that close for a while, I think. Last time, maybe match play about 18 months ago, maybe a bit further back than that. Um, yeah. A lot of matchups that were nicely balanced as well. Um, styles that matched each other. A lot of just getting on with the darts as well. Even the, the two main antagonists that perhaps don't just get on with the darts, just got on with the darts. Um, and it made for an excellent game. Bit difficult to, to say anything else about that one. Um some good, very good storylines in there. Rob Cross returned to form. Mensor and Joe Cullen, excellent. The opening game is a player on the rise, a player on the comeback that, that just get on with it. It was a very good session of darts, like I said. But all eyes on game number two. Already a very strong contender for game of the year. It's going to take something special to top that, Boise. Yeah, it is. And... It was a perfect warm-up for it, what we saw from Aspinall and Noppy. And I was a bit worried how good that down was to think, has that, has that overshadowed what we're going to have from MVG and Price? There's always that possibility that one can sort of demolish the other one. Um, but it was a perfect warm-up for them, what we had with uh, MVG and Derwin Price. It was everything we wanted. We called it last week, I think. The only thing that the three of us agreed on would was that would be a quarterfinal, maybe, unless yeah. Doc had played at some point. Um, but it, it was one we wanted to see, and it did deliver. Um, I can't think of a better Dane so far this season. And it, a contender, but it's the top of the list for me. I'm just thinking, trying to think back of one that's really stood out from me, if anything, on the match by all. But for me, that was... That was one that we just wanted a bit more of. It was it was so good to see Michael back at that level in that sort of game. Uh, Derwin Price pushed him, but MVG coming out on top after the uh, after the words the day before, which is all good. Yeah, look, and there was a point in this game, Gob, when MVG broke to go eight seven up, and then. He put three darts on the wire of tops, and Gezi took at 82, going ball 32, which was ungezi. Like I'm, I know in, a, in in the chat we were like, it's going to happen again. That he's played well and going to get beaten or get punished for three 
not poor darts either because they were right along the wire. But just what a climax of that game that was. Yeah, like you said, it very much had the feel that in, in years gone by, MVG's had this air of inevitability that when it goes close at the back end, he's just going to do something in those key legs and take the game away. Like, no matter how well you play, you're going to do that. Gobin Price has developed that over the last year or so. He's won games that perhaps he shouldn't do or he's turned it on when he needs it most in the last three or four legs, takes the game away from someone. All the effort that you've put in just to get to that point is, is taken away from you instantly. And even then, if he opens up a 60, you think you've got a chance in the leg against Gobin Price. And then he'll fire in back-to-back two trouble visits or, or something. And you're, you're edging ahead in the leg. But actually, by the time you get down to a double, he's there just before and, and all of that sort of stuff. So, like I said, it had that air of inevitability around Price this time that he's just playing that well. Enrigi's going to lose another classic and it's not going to go his way. But didn't quite go that way. We saw some steeliness from Michael, switched it on himself. And big, big result that he should have backed up for the rest of the weekend. Spoiler alert, when we move straight to the semi-final, Aspinall MVG. This was a, a really weird game because MVG was in complete control and switched off. He missed darts for 8-1 and 8-2. But then, at 10-all, produces, like you said, Gob, that leg that we just know that when it was tied, he was going to do it. It was vintage semi-final performance. Yeah, it wasn't. Seven one up, he switches off. He switches off completely. Usually in that position, or again in years gone by, in the years when he dominates the sport, he could switch off for two or three legs, get it back straight away, and and that's that. That that squashes it. That's it. He let the comeback go on for far too long against Nathan Aspinall. He was unable to respond. He looked like he just lost all motivation and that it wouldn't hurt him and that it would just click soon enough. That took him until they were level, which was a big, big risk. And actually, forget the last leg, Nathan Aspinall missed a chance to lead, I think, um, about eight Double each. 16, um, I think. Yeah. And that cost him. That cost him the match. I Forget the last leg. It was, it was brilliant by Michael. Um, Aspo opens up. Um, just with a 60, he started pushing the darts a little bit low. He started seeing that. Even on the comeback, there were a lot of 140s where the first two are in, and he's, he's just dragging them low that little bit that he needs to eradicate when he's, he starts trying that little bit too hard. Um, but, yeah, that, that earlier miss from Aspinall was the game. Forget the last leg decider. That that was only going in one direction once. Michael had the throw. Yeah, and then in the um, second semi-final, look, it wasn't Joe's night. Um no, he was 9-0 down, I think. Got a leg on the board. Um, massive cheer, massive surprise. But just ran. I think he had nothing left in the tank emotionally or adrenaline-wise, Boise, when it comes to that semi-final. Look, Rob yeah, was we, very professional. Did the job he had to do. Yeah, we did, didn't he? Joe, at that point, he got to a stage where he didn't seem like he wanted to be up there. Once he then won that lead on the board... And there's that support, there was that cheer, and he, he seemed to he knew at that stage he'd lost the game, but he wanted it seemed like he wanted to then go out and just enjoy the last what five, six minutes maybe the day and get a few leads on the board. The support he got uh, was brilliant. When someone's losing like that and you can see a whitewash, yes, there's the ironic cheer at the first lead that the, the players won, but then after that the support he got throughout uh, was very good to see. 
Uh, Rob Toss done a job. Um, he was very steady, but convincing win by Cross, as Blood says, what we'd seen throughout the whole weekend from him. So, full credit for um, to Cross and Cullen in that one. It just it just was that stage for Cullen where he'd run out and it, it was either going to happen then or the final. A lot of effort went into this weekend. Spoiler alert. Rob Cross, first title in two years, boys, beating Michael Van Gogh in 11-8 in the final. And look, this the final was all about MVG for me. Didn't produce, missed so many darts at a double. And Rob Cross did what he did all tournament, punished people's mistakes when it mattered. agree to a certain extent but a rob cross absolutely loves this event and b rob cross just has this knack of winning tournaments or getting to finals and, and performing on days where you have to play the quarterfinal semi-final and final on the same day he's, he's just very very good at that and it takes a lot out of these players to do so michael had the battle early on um the good game after that as well rob just he was just he just looked that little bit fresher in the final. Obviously not having to play massively well to beat Joe previously would have helped, but Michael had the rest, which works both ways as well. Um, the new points in Rob Cross's darts have made a massive difference, and I, I can't explain why. It changes the ballot to the point ever so slightly. They seem to be going into the board Nature just that little bit points. more of an angle. Which one? Nathan's using the same Second. points. Nathan's uh-huh. using the same. Interesting. But it's the length for me. That changes the balance of the dart a little bit. It means he can flick it up with a little bit more, with a little less effort, I think, in a throw. I think he was trying to find too much angle. Previously, they seem to be sitting into attention. He's not losing as many wild darts, which is what sometimes happens when you do put longer points in. They can veer off in the air, but he seems to have full control over that. Um, his love affair with double 18 is back. We saw emotion when he hit a 180. We haven't seen that Rob Cross turn to the side, double pump for a long, long time. And I've been saying that about A.D. Lewis and a couple of others. When they're on a the decline, even if they fired it in, they just don't feel like they've got enough to to back it up. And the fact that he was prepared to go at it and, and give it that raw says that he's in a far better place mentally as well. Um, the step back, dry your hand, pin the double was just as effective as it was when he was winning the World Championship and, and making the splash. He's, he just looked a completely different player and no, I don't want to take credit for it. And I just want to remind everybody that I've been saying he's been looking good since the Premier League. He didn't get the results in the Premier League, but they were mid-90s <laughs> averages. He had a solid platform to build on. All right, none of us well, none of us sat here and said he's going to pick up a title this early. But at the same time, he's, he's had that platform and, and that just gives him what he's, what he's gone on and done. And he's saved his ranking prize money. Basically got a free roll for the next two years because that will prop him up once again. And... If you're going to win a title and play yourself back into form, September, October is the time to do that in the PDC calendar. I'm yeah, sure, Dob, I'm sure that uh, Rob, Rob Toss will be happy that you're not taking any credit for his win this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Aaron in the chat room, welcome from Canada, mate. Hope you are well. And here's what a mini clip of what Rod, um, Rob had to say afterwards. <laughs> Sometimes it's a weird game because I don't have to be at my brilliant best. I can win with a B game. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like most people, to win titles, they're looking to win with an A game. 
and for some reason I can win with a B game as long as I hit doubles and my timing's right and to be fair I had massive leads today got a few leads and got my nose in front and just held it down it doubles at the right time and that's what it's all about I think um, do I still have probably 20-25% to go 100% and that's down to me to get that out no, I think um, I think for me, obviously, yeah, I want to be there. But at the same time, I think that I've got to focus on my ranking. I've got to, I've got to get myself right, and that comes first. Without no ranking, there's no other stuff. So um, I, I just think I've got to just get my head down, just start focusing on what I'm doing, and and sort of going forward. Really, um, yeah, I love Premier League fifteen thousand. I love all that, and if you brought that back to me, I think I'd be better than ever. But at the same time, look, it's too too far away to look. We've got so many tournaments and need to focus on them. Rob playing it down a little bit, but he also spoke about how he wants to be back there, boys. We'll talk about the PL in the questions because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> but also with that win Rob Cross confirmed his place in the Kazoo Grand Slam of Darts a lot of names missing a lot of opportunities still to come but that's the field so far boys yeah two confirmed this weekend Rob, with John Letting confirmed as well. We've only uh, cross making it in. Yeah. But Dud Phil, yeah, like you said, a lot of big names missing. Yeah. So far. Still It'll time, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Still, still loads, loads, of, loads of time left. Still a qualifier that you will know that people will come through and everything like that. But that is Han, the... Grand Slam field looks at the moment. A couple of ones that I'm worried about in there. Look, right now, if you're Bradley Brooks and Joe Davis, not really showing a lot of form. I know form can come and go quite quickly, but a lot of it's been a long time since they did what they had to do to qualify. It's been a long time since they raided the World Youth Final. That's always the issue, I think, with that, is that we're only six, seven weeks away from that event again. And they have to wait all year round to get to this. It's slightly later slam than usual, is it? I don't know. I don't pay any more. Wait later, I think. Yeah, only a week. Um, um, Jonathan, I'll, I'll be ready the for 10.30. Don't, don't worry about that. Donneveld is the fourth man through upping the Dutch contingents. That was four in, but invitations. Kuyvenhoven and Zonneveld have come through the qualifiers. The big-name Dutch player to miss out. And might possibly. I know Tauneck is in class and Rennefield as well. Barney is the biggest Dutch name to miss out on the World Series in the Netherlands. Right. Well, now that now that's done, I'm, I'm going to touch on this. When the wild card were announced last week, who found it a little bit strange? Look, over the past five years, 
the PDC have given Barney wild cards for things that, quite frankly, he didn't deserve. Arguably, this time around, he'd done enough to deserve one over Jeffrey Dejuan, and they didn't give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in comparison, he's actually won a title this year. He's won a pro tour. Yeah. He's, he's got his tour card back. The last time he was in Holland was the near retirement that was absolutely perfect. And I still have no idea why anybody convinced him to come back. Um, but yeah, look, and, and perhaps it is a, a fallback on the fact that he's got so many invites in the past that perhaps were because of his name and his, his stature in the game rather than what he'd actually achieved in, in that calendar year, etc. And maybe this is a... a a final realization by the PDC that actually that, that had to change, but this year is is the time that he deserved it, and it's just weird. I'm so done with all these invites and invite events and politics. Just pick the best players for Christ's sake. Complex <laughs> <laughs> of broken man. Um, just done with it. Oh, this. Believe me, there's plenty more to come. Um, someone in the chat room asked what Matt Campbell had done to be on the list. He topped the European Q School Order of Merit. That's why he's there. Um, but oh, yeah, that's that. Anyway. Yeah. Right. From there, this might come out a little bit small because I had to screenshot it. Again, this, this is one of my criticisms of the WDF. Over the weekend, their social media was shite. It wasn't them running the event, though, was it? Still their event. It's classed as a WDF gold it's event. Still, it's, it carries um, their ranking. That's it. They don't own the event. Like It was a Tri-Nations event, was it not? What's it on Darts Connect as? I don't know. WDF event. I'm still looking at the PDC because that's finished. Um, <laughs> so, first up on the Saturday, it was the British Classic and Jim McEwen champion over Reese Hayden, 6-5 in the final. Some some big names in and around that. Aaron Monk went up to Bridlington to, Bridlington to play. Scott Marsh, Steve Hines. Um, Aaron Turner, all doing well, getting to the quarterfinals on the Saturday event. Then, which one have I got teed up next? The ladies. We had, let me get this one up. That one. Nope. That one. Um, Lorraine Hyde, continuing her good form. From the lady series, Gob, that me and you spent an awful lot of time watching. We said that she played some good stuff and she backs it up with um, the, the British Classic ladies title. Yeah, and it's, it's nice to see some of these titles being shared around. Traditionally, there's a group of four or five that would, would pick these up. Um, two players that played very, very well at the women's series that we're going to see again this weekend. That there's, there's plenty of incentives for that now. There's the eight top eight going to Q School for free. There's the um, top from this weekend going to the slam. There's a second place overall for um, the world championships as well. There's a lot of reasons for these ladies to be turning up. And look, Rihanna Sullivan's in there, Natalie Gilbert's in and around there as well. These are names that we saw performing in the first block. And look, if they carry this on, 
Reinhardt was very, very impressive at the Women's Series and a, a player we want to see again. Yeah, completely agree. And then from there, this one came up on social media a few times as well. How Luke Littler is still only 14. <laughs> it's scary. It is so scary because he is so, so good. Um, yeah. The, oh, it's just, just off the production line, isn't it? There's, there's so many that are going to be coming through. Henry Coates and, and Travis Dudney, by the way, are two very, very talented players. Well, I don't know a lot about Charlie. Um, but Henry Coates has played County A and has been for 18 months in the men's side. Um, the one that's obviously too old for this, I think, um, Mr. Bennett, he will be doing everything as of uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whichever one it is. Um, my friend from uni is actually his practice partner right now. They spent three days together last week and he said the amount of ton plus averages late and was thrown in was ridiculous. Oh, yeah, he's getting ready for, for Q school and look, he backs his own ability. Um, and like we've said before, I think the, the time away from the limelight has actually done in the world of good to get his head down and, yeah. and just get on with it. Um, yeah, I agree. On Sunday is where it all mattered in Bridlington. It was the British Open and there was a familiar name picking up the title and in doing so, officially booked her place at Lakeside. Um, whether she plays in it or not is another matter. Um, I'm still not convinced with Q School potentially starting the day after finals. I'm not sure. Fair whack of prize money and she is yet to be a world champion. Yeah, right. Well, I'm looking at the World titles matter, and until the PDC have their own, she is playing as well as she ever has done. Go and get that world title. I'm, title, I'm, not, the title I'm, not arguing, I'm just saying that with Q School potentially starting the day after the Lakeside finals, it's a risk. Yeah, it's it's a risk. There's also also the preparation side to it as well. It's it's not it bad. Depends on the form of the depends on the format Q school as well. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert! I can tell you what the format is. Is in, in in my interview with Matt dropping tomorrow. He tells us that Q school will be two stages again. The screening section is staying. Interesting. Have they solved the issue that once you get to second stage and players start winning, there's not quite enough to fill the draw out and people get buys? Don't know that bit. He wouldn't. I still think they're working on bits, but two stages will be there. But going back to the ladies, um, Fallon Sherrick beat Corinne Hammond in the final. Just looking at the, the quarterfinal lineup onwards, Gob, a few names. Missing that perhaps you'd expect to see in around now, Anastasia in in and around this. Yeah, I mean, she, she lost her own four to Vicky, Rihanna O'Sullivan as well. I genuinely think that we've been saying this for a while, <laughs> that next level of ladies' darts is, is quite competitive. It, it's just been the top players that we thought were that level above. And actually looking at recent results, perhaps, 
the women's series, I suppose, set that aside with Lisa and Fallon dominating, but Dieter and Anastasia, maybe they're being caught up a little bit by Corinne and Vicky Perim and Laura Turner. She had that very good run on the final day of the ladies' series last time out as well. Um, Ros Bournemouth played very, very well at ladies' series. was very impressive with her, um, considering the, the fact that she, um, she only got over cancer a couple of years back. Um, Percy Hutchison was another that played very, very well. So, look, the draws are going to do this to you sometimes as well. You forget that there's just chance that these ladies are going to meet each other early on. There are big clashes constantly. Um, but, yeah, another title for Fallon. Yeah. Um, we'll do the men in a second. Um, Benson, Fallon will be foolish not to go to late side. She needs a world title on her resume. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree and I don't. But yes, that I, I agree. The world title sounds good. But right now... Is it a legitimate world title? If well, even it, so, if there's one or the other, this a continuation of what's always been there for the women. The men's, you can have that question, but the ladies are all going to play there, and they're all going to do the same. The, but the, 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 the thing is, well, with the what's coming up in January for me, a priority is getting through Tuesday. So as much as whatever we class the world title as, if it's as there's what it was before. Uh, like Dob says, she's the same names, but I think her priority's got to be Tuesday. And if she sees the world then as perfect preparation for that, then do for it. If it's not, then I think she has to prioritise Tuesday. And I, I see it still doing. I still, still see it doing. But if it's one or the other, the priority's got to be Tuesday for me. I'm not so sure. Increased prize money at the women's world's Championship this year. That that's already been promised. The world title yeah. means more. In in 10, 15 years' time, we're gonna remember the fact that Fallon Sherrick has a world title or not, not the fact that she got through Q school one year, because Lisa's already done it. It wouldn't be the first. I think if, if it was the first lady going for a tour card, then there's that chance for that little bit of history and, and that's a bit memorable. But Lisa's already got that. Lisa's got more world titles. Long run potentially the opportunity to earn a bit more money in the PDC as a, as a pro tour player, but you have to win games in that. Worst case, you go to Q school, you can still play challenge tour once again. She's still going to get invites because the PDC absolutely love her. You can still play modus uh, online league and pick up money now, which is constantly going up, by the way. We're, we're mad with that. And all the other events as well. And have a world title that in 10 years' time, people go, Fallon Sherrick was world champion. Not Fallon Sherrick won a tour card. But the, the benefits of that tour card are a, a lot more as well than... Yes, oh, the benefits of that tour card are the invites are legitimate. That's it. But the invites she gets now could be... Yeah, she gets invites now, be, yeah, she gets invites now but there could be even more if she's now got a tour card. Um, yeah. I think that's be that, personally. And but, that's not me... Dis- uh, with the world title being what it is, and it's the first one of this the WDF. I'm I think she's gotta be going all out for that tour card. Especially we've seen what she can do already. I think that's gotta be the focus. The amount of discussions we've sat here and said when all's said and done, the thing you remember for is world titles. When we've spoken about AD Lewis and the like in the past, James Wade's absence of a world title, stopping him from being an all time top five great. Still in the conversation because he's won titles in three different decades, but the lack of a world title hampers him. 
I think unless the, the PDC have plans for a women's world championship, which I, I'm not sure they do. I think then why are you pushing the ladies to go and play in the men's game? I agree with you to a certain extent, Gob. However, only in PDC terms, because that is the premier one. That's the premier world championship. When you drop down, look, we've already seen MAD are going to have a world championship. The WDF have a world championship. So outside the PDC, can you legitimately call yourself a world champion? For me, the women's, you can, because I see the WDF Women's World Championship as a continuation of what was there from the BDO. The men's, I think that yeah, would be spread around a bit more. But if there's but two or three of those world championships, yeah. but if there's two or three of those world championships, so if there was just one and that was the only one, but if there's two or three world championships, can we then class all of those as world champions? So we can have three different ladies world championships. For the men's, I completely get what you're saying. But for the women's, the relationship that you guys, that we've traditionally associated the PDC and the BDO men's world championships, I see that with the WDF and then the Mad Ladies world championships. Because the ladies has always been BDO slash WDF. It's always been the WDF tournament, by the way. It's just had the BDO's name and run into it. Is an absolute yeah, continuation when, of it. That is the Women's World yeah, Championship. Mad of running a World Championship. Though. And yes, because it when you dilutes to... it a little bit. But the same way that having four World Championships dilutes the PDC a bit. Yeah, but when you listen, when you listen to people, the WDF don't want to be associated with the BDO. This is new. This is our, this is our first World Championship. That's how it's yeah. been branded. It's their first. So it can't be a continuation. Because of the bad publicity of it. But it is still... The same event with the same qualifying criteria. So, come December next year... Ultimately, run by the, the same people. In the amateur game, forget the PDC a minute. So, say, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Fallon Sherrick wins the WDF Ladies World Championship. And Corinne yeah. Hammond wins the Mad Ladies w, um, World Championship. Which one's world champ? Fallon. Yeah, but you can't say that because they're both new tournaments. Because the same way that they're we've both continuously said that the BDC World Champion has been the World Champion for the last 20 years. And yeah, the BDO has, has been the amateur World Champion. This would be both but, their first World Championships. This would be the first WDF World Champion and the first MAD one. You can't, you can't have it both ways. The WDF criteria is a continuation. I'm, it's the same qualifying but, criteria at the same venue. The only difference is the title of the company that are managing this, because the BDO is so bad that nobody wants to work with that name anymore because it's just in the mud. And the fact they're playing for more prize money. But, but Dob, on, on that they? one as well, the, the WDF you know the and the, the mad ones, those, those are still the same players who are competing in both of those world championships, if that's what they are. Whereas the PDC and BDO have always been a different field completely. Not necessarily. So one is going above the other one. We haven't seen the ranking table for the women in MAD yet. We've seen everybody that's ever competed at a BDO World Championship playing in WDF events with the intention of going to Lakeside. I still think the players see that as the Women's World Championship. 
No, I, 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 I disagree. I, 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 Why? I struggle to... Because it's for me, it's new, right? It, it's a new world championship, the WDF. I get what Ben's saying, and then this... It's new in name, that is it. It is yeah, new in name, that is it. Look at the way you qualify. When, look at when who's you behind to... it. Look at the venue. It's just yeah, but when you listen to Nick Rolls and Richard speak, all they go on about is the first WDF World Championship. If you're branding it yeah. as your first... And why is that? You can't, you can't then go back, oh, well, this is all the past ones. It's new and it's it's, it's not. It's either new or it's not. But For me? It's, it's just a continuation with a rebrand. That's all it is because the BDO name is so bad that it will push people off of it. The way they're pushing it is the marketing of it. Because nobody will watch a BDO World Championship because the BDO is ran into the ground. The system no, wasn't broke. The people running it in the name would just become broken and nobody wants it. I, I disagree. But hey ho. There's four World Champions in boxing, Dave, and we're not getting into that one. Um, and then the men's Scott Marsh will be going to Lakeside beating Connor Scott in the final what a classy 11 dart leg to win it as well boys from Scott Marsh may have just seen Connor pop up in the chat room as well at the start he qualified for the England national team as well on the Friday night I believe Um, so hello mate you're watching um, but yeah, look, if you're gonna get over the line with that, that's that's a solid performance after it. What well, these are very, very long weekends of darts as well. Oh yeah, com- completely. Um and again, looking at the names, uh, Mike Warburton making a semi-final, uh Dave Prins, uh Brian Roman, quarter finalist, Martin Martin Atkins, uh Dave Paoletti. Some, some good stuff going on. Martin Adams getting to the last 16. Some some good stuff going on. Um, we spoke about it a little bit earlier. The, 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 the redraw. A lot of unhappy people on social media. Um, Corinne's one said it all. If ever there was an advert to play in the PDC Lady Series, this is it. Look. You can't be making mistakes like that. No, you can't. And it's yeah. high profile, especially given the attention you're getting, being in the UK, with it being a direct qualifying for the WDF World Championship. But I genuinely think more people were pissed off that the beer had sold out by 11am than they were the redraw. Because <laughs> they ran out of cards. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. You, listen, you listen to certain people, look. I'm not for, not saying it wasn't done for the right reasons because obviously the seeds are in the wrong place. But like I said earlier, like Mad, when they were building the streaming up that they were going to stream the European Championship title defence and it fell over at the thing, this is the same. Test it. You know your seeds. You make sure it is done. And not, not just that. The fact that games... Right, my problem is the fact that games had started... If it had been cocked up, yeah, that's the issue. and they'd realised that, the yeah, 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 yeah. Games but the away. fact games had started is almost unforgivable. Yeah, yeah. without doubt. The, the fact that yeah, the fact that they've gotten the wrong. You're playing the wrong person. That's where I've got an issue. Like, if, if it's just a redraw, 
people have seen the draw and go, actually, they're not in the right place. We've got to do this again. Sod's law. Stick it out. But the fact games have started before they realise the error again, that's that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the issues that they've had. Mad had issues uh, a few weeks back. Moving forward, we've just got to make sure we don't see these then because happening once is bad enough with different issues at the, each event, but these happening once is bad enough. I know we had a numerous redraws. If we then start seeing that over other tournaments, then it starts losing what it's trying to build up already. Because there's a lot already handing over from obviously what happened at the BDO. Now they're trying to rebrand it all and get going for qualifiers for the world. And if this is then going to happen continuously, then there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot more questions asked than there already was the weekend. Yeah, massively. Look, it's great to see darts being played up and down the the UK and Europe. Don't get me wrong, um, from that side of it, all all top draw, but it's the, it's the little details that will set you apart or also get you crucified. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, this um, is. This is the issue of the model, I think, in that events are run by the nations and it's a there's no real specialist at any of these events, so it can happen brilliantly at one event, then you've got different people running the next weekend, different people running the weekend after and, and so on. Like the specialism is what the PDC have got right, and it's the same people running the events every weekend, it's consistent across the board and that sort of thing. They know what works, they know what don't work and yes you can do draws and whatever and people can run tournaments but i just think that absence of one tournament director for the entire calendar hurts yeah yeah look it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting um lots to lots to talk about uh, also, some good news. The World Seniors Qualifier is full. 128 spaces booked to take place. And both days, quarterfinals onwards, will be streamed on our YouTube channel with God being there at the venue. With um, Helen Chamberlain will also be there, God. You didn't tell me that bit. Well, you know, I thought, <laughs> I thought I'd let you agree first. Does that mean I have to do the old yeah. soccer AM catwalk? <laughs> Can we get away with that these days? Is it politically Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> let's not let's not open that one. I mean it's half nine, but let, let's not get cancelled, shall we? Yeah. Um but yeah, um quarterfinals um both days gonna be streamed on our YouTube channel. So you can see who gets those two coveted spots at the circus tavern. Um, what else have we missed? Oh, how can we forget? Saturday night around one o'clock, Mark Webster <laughs> rolling back the years over the two days, won eight games in a row. Simply sensational from Webby. Yeah, because Thursday night didn't quite go his way, he was scoring unbelievably, but visibly frustrated. When I say visibly frustrated, I mean there was some aggressive slapping of one hand by the other hand and all sorts from Webby where it just wasn't quite clicking on the outer ring. He was giving up far too many opportunities. Um, Merv kept saying it that if it if it just clicks, then it'll be fine. And oh my God, did it click for Webby. He looked superb. 
Yeah, the, the, the 139 that he took out against Robert Thornton. But in the semi final, that 121 was picture book perfect. And it was just an absolute joy to see Mark Webster qualifying for Chatham. And the way it's going, Champions Week is developing. It's going to be a fantastic field. <laughs> and it's more dark room to play, but it's lovely seeing him back. Hopefully, we can try and sneak a couple of others that are in a similar sort of position into the field. Wouldn't it be bad to see the likes of Nico and Mace having a crack as well at some point? Um, let's not promise it for them. <laughs> all, all, all I'm saying is I've seen the, the, the lineup for Phase 6. Box yeah. Office. With a capital B. <laughs> you told me you were <laughs> I'm looking forward to Phase 6. Honestly, phase four of week six. Good luck. That's all I'm saying. Good luck. I mean, week indeed. four of phase six. Yeah, that's what yeah. it means. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, can't, don't think we've missed anything else this week. Have we in the in the week of darts, boys? My league team restarted and we won our first game. Yeah. Oh, yay. Um, good stuff, good that's stuff. how good we are. Good stuff. Um, good so we'll, um, we'll, we'll open the chat room. So get your questions in. Of course, whilst you do that, it's a busy week here at Online Dart. Starting tomorrow, we have is it six days of continuous streaming, four Pro Tours and two Ladies Series. We will have you covered it's going to be good, boys, isn't it? Busy, 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 busy. Um, and then Nothing the week after, you. it is the World Series Finals. Oh, oh, to be fair, just so whilst they're getting them in, I didn't think Danny Baggish was over. Obviously, he played today. I thought he was staying in America. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so did I. I was just checking his results yeah. today, beating Ian White and then losing to Ian White. Then lost Joyce. five four to um, Ryan yeah, Joyce with yeah. a ninety four yeah. and a half. Yeah. Um, but it is question time. It's the bit we love. So, well, we've we we kind of teased it earlier. The P word oh, was yeah. been muted around. A bit of a Rob Cross. Are we saying he's definitely in? Yes. For me, yes. He's just won a televised TV event. He has to be in, doesn't he? Well, there's no rules. Well, yeah, unofficial rules. There's nothing in paper. There's nothing in writing to say. John Henderson also won a TV event. Well, and that narrative has been spun before. When Barney won the World Cup and was selected, the line used was everyone selected has won a TV title. So if you want to spin that narrative, (laughs) Boise, it's been spun before. If you want to spin that narrative, I'll back Redding with it. 
please do not seriously <laughs> sit there and try and tell me. And I'm just literally repeating what we said in our WhatsApp earlier on today, that John Henderson has the same commercial viability and overall ability as Raymond Van Barnabov did five years ago. Because I will saying, laugh what? you off this dream myself. I'm just saying that that narrative yeah. has been spun to get someone in that they've won a TV title. Yeah, if the top... Five-time world if, champion, not medium-sized John Henderson. Dob, if the top four in the world win the remaining TV events, it must be in the other shows. Yours, Matt. No. <laughs> it must be. Why not? Why not? He's just not playing well enough. He's not consistent enough. Don't get me wrong, seeing John Henderson lift the World Cup made me very, very happy. Been a big fan of him. He's, he's a crowd favourite, etc. But he's just not going to be competitive in that field. That yeah, doesn't grow just, the game just, enough. The Brits love no, John just, Henderson. The Brits of the world that we're trying to push the Premier League to couldn't give a toss. Just imagine how happy you'll be when he lifts the Premier League. That delight would just Come grow. On. Come on, <laughs> Why not? It's possible. Look, I know, I know we touched on it earlier, and Gob's going to bury his head in a minute. I'm just if, off. If Fallon gets out of the group in the slam, and she wins at least once at the Worlds, I believe Sky will want her as one of their wildcard picks. He's gone. He- We've finally done it. <laughs> yes. If uh, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm partly with you. That's why yeah. when we talked earlier on about the uh, Q stall and the worlds, that's why I think Q stall is more important for Fallon than the WDF worlds because yeah. I think she. Has not a huge opportunity. Also, it, a lot of it does play out depending on how the rest of the year does. Obviously, I was, I was a, a bit in jest with the John Anderson comments. However, if for the rest of the year we have Derwin Price, Martha Van Derwin, Peter Wright, Rob Frost, probably now win win the titles, there's a lot of spaces that certainly open up, and that is certainly one route we would expect broadcasters to go down to include Fallon in there. We, we touched on earlier that the broadcasters have got so much power and I just think that if they can, Sky will tr- want to want to give her one. It, it, for, for me, just it's all on, all on these titles. Welcome back. There's opportunities there for the rest of the year with these tournaments and we, we believe that if you win a TV event, you're going to get a place in the Premier League. Like it says, if they then go to people who are already... Guaranteed, i.e. in the top four are already one one. Uh your Johnny Clayton, Rob Cross, or your top four, then those opportunities do open up for someone like Fallon. Fourth stop? Yeah. No. <laughs> Chat room suddenly got lively all of a sudden. Um, Raven, it's not about the tour card holders. For this, mate. Yeah, but I'm fed up of this line. I'm fed up of what the TV want and Barry's rule number one and all that. Because the minute 
we, we've gone too far with it. It's no longer that if players are good enough, they get in because it's not been based on ability for a long, long time. And the minute you're doing that with what basically is one of their flagship events, you're basically telling everybody else that if your face don't fit, you ain't getting in for anything. And what the bloody hell's the point in that? We know that anyway. We know that anyway. Yeah, but that's a joke. It shouldn't be that. Why are the best players not being rewarded? Your boy I'm fed up here and game as well and putting bums on seats. Bums are already on seats way before the announcement of the lineup comes out. That's that's nonsense. Premier League tickets were advertised in March this year. They left your boy out when he was world number five. That set the benchmark. Yeah, they're idiots. They can do what they want. Yeah, and they shouldn't have that power because he's good enough. The rules need changing. I'm, I'm fed up with them having loopholes and everything else. Look, we praise the PDC to their hills every time they get something right. Getting darts back on through the pandemic was massive. One of the only sports that were able to do so. But for the last six months, I just don't agree with half what they're doing because they just pick and choose when they can and can't change the rules. European Championship, for one, the Women's Series just keep chucking more and more incentives at it. And at some point, the players rank 32 to 128 need to step up and go, hang on, why the bloody hell are they getting this, that and the other when we've got our tour card, we're there, but we're not getting the extra opportunities and chances that everybody else is being thrown at. Yeah, but for the ranking events, I get that. You look after your own. Yeah, but, but for the ranking events, I, I, I genuinely understand that frustration. But for anything non-ranked, for me, that doesn't stand up. Why? Because it's non-ranked. Yeah, but that's not the point. You're, if it you're is. growing the game, it should be with the players that you've got that are on show every weekend. There's no point showing off Alan Sherrick to the world, trying to sell PDC TV subscriptions for a pro tour, and then she's not bloody there. Well, she will be for the ladies' series. But for 30 pro tours a year and 13 Euro tours, she's not. As it yeah, stands. It's no, different. it's no different to football pre-season tours that are now all televised, like the Audi Cup, when Liverpool, Chelsea and United all go off to America, get paid £50 million to do so, and Burnley go, well, why don't we get that? Because you're not very good to watch. In pre-season. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's... In the BDC. There's yeah, far too many non-ranking events as it is. We don't need the my Premier League is, though, World Series. Don't agree with the slam being ranked. You just got priorities it's wrong completely. It's about TV. The same as these pre-seasons. They want to get it on all these TV companies in America, China, um, Saudi Arabia, Dubai. So that's why they ask Man City, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Yeah, I'm not I'm denying that. But not. the only event in darts that is truly global is the World Championship. That's the no, only time I'll allow others to run qualifiers and that sort of thing that is truly global and picked up by absolutely everybody. And that if your one player goes on and does something at a world championship, it'll, it'll hit the news. Devin Peterson is probably the best example for that. South Africa could not care about darts for 95% of the year. If Devin Peterson goes to the world championships and wins his first two rounds, it will hit the news. I think it would, if Devin, if then Devin was in the Premier League, that would also then make it. If he's Possibly pushing not. in that. Not about to hand Devin Peterson an opportunity over somebody that's 15 points higher than him in the ranking just because a few more people are tuning in at a time that's not convenient for them. 
the Australian market doesn't work for it either. There's only so many time zones that are conducive for watching darts at the time that we watch it in the UK. Jar, you know the Triple Crown exists. The Triple Crown does not exist. Um, right, we'll we'll jump back into the chat room. We're just talking about the, the general Premier League. Scroll back through, boys. If you see a question you like, get them in as well. We've um we've won't gone off enough. I think there was a couple more questions just at me, so I'm just ignored. <laughs> I just got off on one instead. <laughs> Walked away. Uh. <laughs> Aaron Neal, do you think the PDC will ever bring an event back to Canada? Do you know what? I don't think they're miles away. Isn't there already? one of the CDC events in Canada. Not a, not a big ranking event, don't get me wrong, but the CDC um, tour is only getting better. They, they, the CDC is, were involved um, in the Central American qualifier early in the week as well, which we haven't spoken about Aaron, that yet, I'm, which is I'm sure, on Twitter. Aaron, I'm sure you'll know I'm better than me, but last time I spoke to um, Matt about World Series events and new territories, the different province within Canada a bit of a nightmare to try and work with each other and, and stuff like that. So it was, it was a bit like if you take it to one Providence, then the others get the hump. Or so I don't know. It was, it, was a, it was a bit to do with in in Providence fighting and things like that. Yeah. Um. To be fair, someone asked for a rankings mover as well. And funny enough, it was Missy. Uh, not Missy, sorry, Winita. I'm looking at it now. What do you think about the movers and shakers of the Order of Merit? And just like that, we get this, boys. So, look. Nathan back up into the top ten. Rob Cross has clung on and moved up a place. Chizzy down to 12. But Danny Knockett, the big mover. That climbs about throwing a dart. That's interesting. Only Johnny Clayton, by the way, could fall for not qualifying after winning three majors this year or three TV titles this year. <laughs> because it was a seed uh, as well. It's not even like, oh, I'm just so done yeah. with it. Um, Dirk not banging on the door of the top 16, knocking into the top 16. Dirk's going White. in the wrong direction. Yeah, Ian White continues to fall. Um, Daryl Gurney plummets seven places to 23, boys. Yeah, I had him for a decent run at the qualifiers today as well, and he didn't do anything, <laughs> really. That'll please big, big Vincent falls without throwing oh, a dart. He'll be happy. Again, Dobes managed to move up a place there. without Those without three on plus five. Petter, Labanowskis, Kim Hybrex. Keep an eye on those three for the back end of the year. Labanowskis, he's just solid. He's, he's got something about him. He's done bits at the late side. He's, he's going to continue to get better. Damon Hatter is only going in one direction. And Kim Hybrex, threatened it for a while, backed him for a semi-final weekend in which he did nothing. Um, but he qualified tonight in pretty convincing fashion. Um, I don't think Kim Hybrex is a million miles away from his top 16 form. Um, Ricky Evans falls five places, as does Jeffrey Dejuan. He's in a whole world of trouble. Yes. Huge trouble. How has Matt Top moved up a place? When was the last time he played? Keegan Brown dropped four because he was defending money. Yeah. 
Willie Borland, that's a jump plus twelve. He's now into the top sixty-four in the world. Massive jump. That that win, that in what from sixty-four would have been about seventieth, I believe. Seventy-six. Yeah. Um. Oh, sorry. Did he already have the city title on, didn't he? So he won an extra four tie, was it, for beating Whitlock? Yeah. So a lot of move. Richie Eddo is plus eight as well. I tell you what, that's that's gone under under the radar, boys. Richie Eddo, twenty one and seven five on his opening year so far. That's gone under the radar. Yeah. Look, that, that's what the power of the European Championship can do, and that first round, and he didn't play horrendously. He's one eighty hit him, by the way. He's up there with the very best in this sport. He's solid at the trebles. Adam Smith, nil, 108 into the top 128 without a tour card. Mm-hmm. So, Winnie, uh, that's the movers and shakers for you in the rankings. I'm still a little bit further back, so hopefully we can run for a quick, one, quick few and catch up. Uh, any news about yeah. when Paul Nicholson will play again? Not at the minute. He's he's recently had his last bit of surgery, hasn't he, Phil? So he's on the yeah, mend, but I don't think he's going to play competitively for a while. Yeah. Um, there's a question about the format of the World Seniors. Could it be like the old World's format of eight groups of three and then group winners go through? All we know is it's set play at the minute. Yeah, all, all we know is it's set play. Not 100% sure on that. Nathan says no uh, word for Diogo Portello. No, I did just touch on that. There was the um, Central and South America qualifier for the World Championships. Diogo qualifies yet again. Um, I've got the dark things a little bit jazzy on Twitter, didn't it? Yeah, the Dutch referee caused a little bit of a stir, <laughs> questioning if he had any South American relatives to sneak in. And I, I think a few people took it not how it was intended. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't the greatest standard, but like I keep saying, you have to start somewhere. You have to give the players the opportunity to be yeah. a truly global sport. Diogo is comfortably the best player from that region at the minute, but the more and more the players get exposed to competing with Diogo and the opportunities to beat him, the sooner that game rises. 100%. That's, that's yeah. just how it works. Yeah. As, as much as he eased through and the, the quality was questioned, I'd rather him easing through a qualifier than just being given the spot. At least that opportunity was opened yeah. up. Um, so for me, I'm all for yeah. that, even though oh, it says he absolutely dominated the field on that. But he gave opportunities and people will know what they need to do next year and the year on to, to try and get to that spot. But the guy's put in a lot of dedication. See, we've seen him on the live lead month or two back. Um, so well done on getting his spot in there. But yeah, the, the qualities was questionable in regards to how easy he got through. But it's going to get better now just to know that as long as that spot remains, which I'm sure it will. There's something for them yeah. to play for. Yeah. I tell, like really I said, good question. You're going to win a legitimate qualifier or the highest ranked max hop. You're going to pick the qualifier all day, every day because they yeah. earned it. Um, really good question from San here. He says, if a player gets picked to play in the World Series, um, do the PDC pay their airfare hotels or do that to fork out, i.e. Australia pre-COVID? I'm guessing you mean a normal World Series event, like the ones all over, not the finals. Um, for the, yeah, if, if you get picked to go to Australia, the PDC pay their airfares and, and hotels. 
think so. Yeah, I know they do. And they get an appearance yeah. fee on top. Yes. Nice work if you can Just get it. Yes. Definitely. But, good question. A uh, couple of old ones. Ari Lively, what's happening with that Ali Pali WDF? Q score would have been an extended break. Um, also love a champ of champs, all phase winners, except with a crowd. Uh, the schedule is planned out, so we do take a break just as the PDC World Championship hits. Um, after that, the resumption will be when we can get it back on when it's not so crowded, I believe. Uh, I know the start date, but I'm not allowed to say. Yes. And as for um, with a crowd, the problem is because it's over six days, trying to get solid numbers that make it worth having a crowd of size in for the sessions that we'd need it you need a big commitment to that you can't put 20 people in a room and that sort yeah. of thing and early morning crowds perhaps don't work as much either um one here from dynamite um which leads on nicely to the poll as well we might as well end the poll quickly while we still got 10 minutes left do you think a female player will make a TV9 data anytime soon? And after that, we'll discuss who will win the second Grand Slam spot of the Ladies Series this weekend. I think right now there's only two players, two lady players capable of hitting nine darts. Yeah. Um, I believe Fallon missed double 18 at Q School against Jenks for one. Possibly. It rings a bell. And I remember her hitting the years ago. Yeah, and a couple of times at the live league, she's missed, I think, dart eight. Because she's, um, Fallon is always a 45 36 on the 81. Yeah. Um, she's she's missed the 45 a couple of times. So, yeah, look, Fallon and Lisa, can they hit nine darters? Absolutely, they are capable. And, and, and I think the, follow, the follow on to that is also the amount of TV coverage both players there in regards to what happened with certain events being on TV which ones they're playing so for me the town I'm with you on that PB but it's also how much they are on TV to actually do that yeah. probably throws out another question and opens up a topic that we won't move on to tonight we'll we'll go back to the dog with the poll <laughs> comfortably the winner of the poll then for who will win the second Grand Slam spot of the Ladies Series this weekend goes to Lisa Ashton. Obviously, the second Grand Slam spot is for the winner of the Order of Merit for the next six events. So it's just this weekend. That is the Grand Slam spot. Then the overall um, top two from the Order of Merit from the first weekend and the second weekend combined get the World Championship spot. And the top eight ladies from the overall Order of Merit combined would also get pre-entry to Q School as well. Uh, Ashton heading in as a big favourite. Um, the I'm fact that the they other ladies have played a lot more. Say, yeah. I'm guessing if Fallon wins it again, yeah. it will go to second. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, be the next highest qualified. And to be, she's not a million miles away from not being able to be caught for the overall spot either. Uh, without looking at the rankings off the top of my head, and Lisa would, would only need an event or two or a deep run in another one to, to mean that those two are the overall top two for top eight as well. But that, that eight players getting free entry to Q scores is, is a nice incentive. And actually, the, the last time Lisa Ashton played darts would have been the last Ladies Series. The rest of the field have been off and about 
at, was it the Danish Open? Now the British Open. They've played a lot more darts recently. Is Lee Rashton that big of a favourite this weekend? To that, will she then be playing the next four days that are leading into... Well, Boston yeah, that, that's why, but will she be burnt out come having to do four days of pro tours and then three events a day in the ladies' series? Yeah. But I guess... It's essential to do because of how the grand spot is... If Go on, Dom, sorry. I was just only playing two or three days of the pro tour wouldn't be horrendous, just ease yourself in. But the fact she's defending her card might yeah. be a bit of an issue. But if the backdoor entries, as we're going to call them, to the Slam and the World Championships then go on her ranking, surely there's more urgency to qualify for both of those events through the ladies series than there is to try and keep her card outright through the pro tour. Because yeah, a, a first round a group appearance at the Grand Slam and a first round at the World Championships is what, nearly 15 grand? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's it's, it's um it's an interesting conundrum for, for Lisa Back. We need someone to, yeah. someone to evaluate on, on day, probably end of day two of the Pro Tour to see how they have done. But like you said, in regards yeah. to preparation, I might have not played in some of these events like this weekend because of knowing this, she had this long week of darts coming up. I, I expect to see her playing all of the events that are possible this week. Uh, it'll be good preparation for her, but it, it, I think it'll depend on how she does over the first two, maybe three days. Another um, good question from Lendl as well. Who's the best under-18 player at the moment? haven't seen a lot of Bennett to put him firmly number one as he has been before. Luke Little is playing very, very well. I'd say Luke Little is playing very well. Up there. I'm trying to think if there's any 17s that have snuck onto the Dev Tour. James Beaton, maybe? I think he must be in the conversation too. Because when it was JD's the era, wasn't James competing with Leighton anyway? So there's, there's a few in that little bracket. Oh, Arsenal, four minutes added time. Arsenal equalised 94 40 seconds. Oh, behave. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for, for me right now, I. I I'd say Leighton or Luke for the. Yeah. For me. What else do you have? Simon says, What do you guys think with the World Series on BBC? I think it's great. It'd be great to see the great. Broadcaster, Ray Stubbs, Back in Darts, and the great Bobby George. Look, it is a fantastic lineup already. I know we are the official media partners um, of the event. We're all going to be there. We're, we're very much looking forward to it. But look, the BBC has a massive draw worldwide. If you can get on it and access it wherever, um, they've announced the broadcaster in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland as well. The lineup is is so good. The event's just full of nostalgia. Um, I just think there's more to come as well. There's been no commentary team announced yet. 
Um, but I suspect that there'll be a few big hitters in there as well, guys that really know their stuff, but <laughs> don't give me their eyes. Um, yeah, look, it's just so much excitement for the World Seniors event, and a lot of comments we're seeing is that people are more excited for that than they have been for a lot of darts events for a long, long time, and that that's what happens when you put the names back in a room together. Yeah. Oh, massively. Because it is just stacked with every single dart player that has got you into darts, unless you're 12 years old or younger. Um, Malachi said, who's your picks for tomorrow? Not going to say until I actually see the list, because I think there could be some casualties tomorrow from the original list. I'm not sure that all the big hitters are going to go. Yeah, and also oh, looking at, I was just going to say, um, well, looking at the performances we've seen today as well from some players, it's certainly going to be a very good field. Just looking at the numbers we saw in the qualifiers, we've got ranging from 96 to 105 average. Some of the performances, um, and that Dane will certainly give him a bit of an head start going into tomorrow. So, uh, I'm certainly Chris not going to tip anyone to going to take some bloody stopping if he plays the way he has yeah. tonight. Yeah. He got yeah, beat I'll... for 104 average, but other than that, he was solid elsewhere. Um, yeah. Should be a good week. I'm... Yeah, I'm not going to tip anyone to win it because I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to him so early on. However, I, I expect to see a, a surprise or two, especially down in the long run, if not go on and win one. Yeah, I know Gary's actually playing all four days. But he needs to. He's entered all four days. Whether that stays the same on day four is a different matter, Philip, and you know that. I don't think he knows he has to, unless he wins one of them. If he wins one on one day one or two, that might change. But right now, I don't think he's at minus, or he's only just in. So he needs... Yeah. Are we going to bring up anything um, else that we've discussed earlier on in the WhatsApp as well? Because now it's Gary Anderson. I mean, come on. I like, look, it's come. <laughs> Fair to say, myself and Jar have had a few disagreements today. Jamie, oh, I've always been gold. Don't you worry about that. Oh, <laughs> our WhatsApp chat's been gold today. Dave's typo has just made my day. So then. <laughs> Dave's typo has just made my day. We should do a player lounge after a match at the World Seniors hosted by God and Phil. He meant me, but he's called me God instead. <laughs> um, it's definitely time right, to run the show if that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> to fair, I think we're just about there. We've waffled for two hours. Not waffled, but we've had a great show for the last two and a half hours. Boys, I actually really enjoyed tonight been very, very good. Will you, ah, Dob, will you be in a better mood next Monday? Uh, probably not. Okay. Just, I'm just asking, just so we all know we've got the same miserable year next week. We're looking forward to it. It's fine. We're playing you <laughs> lot on the weekend, aren't we? So... Oh, yeah. One of us is going to be annoyed on Monday. Yeah. yeah. It's probably going to um, be me because you lot will come and bust and shit house it. So, you know. <laughs> also just a little reminder a huge day of dying action tomorrow on the channel we have the live league from 9 30 day two of group a and the super series live 
on air at 12 o'clock where we will take you through all the pro tour action as always different members of the team on throughout the week and then i think it's is it me and you gob saturday and sunday it is me and you saturday sunday it's charlie tomorrow uh it's his debut on a pro tour so don't give him too much stick will you guys he'll ease his way into it you've got tis on wednesday it's to be decided thursday friday because everybody's busy <laughs> so we might have to be ringing up a few of the the old management and, and that sort of thing and a mere new all day saturday and sunday what a weekend that is absolutely unreal well everyone we have been online darts it's been an absolute pleasure spending the last two hours with you talking all the talking points from the last seven days in darts remember before you go make sure you drop us a like and subscribe i've been phil bars jack gobby garwin and lee boyce it's an absolute pleasure i'll see you tomorrow but the live land returns next week Thank <laughs> you.